1: What's up, Money Women? It's Friday, which means it's time for another Q&A with Veronica. Do you have a question you want answered? Go to veronicagrant.com forward slash ask V to submit your question and you just might hear it on the shelf. This week's question is, what's in your portfolio? So I'm going to tell you, one of the goals of this podcast is to help you start getting more comfortable thinking about and talking about your money and also speaking up for times when you feel like you're not being treated equally or fairly when it comes to your money. And part of that is being open on my end so we could just have a frank conversation about what's in our portfolio and what's not without feeling icky or shy or embarrassed or whatever the feeling might be. So what I invest in is actually quite simple. Right now, I have four investment accounts. Two are 529s for my two kids, and two are retirement accounts. And in three of those accounts, I've invested in what's called a target date fund. I've talked about target date funds before, but basically they are an index fund that will automatically get less risky as the date that the fund is called approaches. So my son has a 2038 fund and and for my daughter, I've invested in a 2040 fund. Now in practice, those two funds are probably very, very, very similar. And right now they are heavily in stocks because we're well over a decade away from me needing to use that money to pay for their higher education. As those two dates approaches, then the fund will automatically begin to sell off stock and buy bonds instead so that the fund gets less risky by the time I need the money. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm 100% in stocks and then the stock market goes through the pooper and then all of a sudden all the money I've been saving is not there or it's only half is there, but I need the money to pay for their school now if it slowly gets less risky automatically as time goes on, A, I don't have to do anything, which is great. And then B, it's less likely that I'm going to log into my account one day needing to pay a tuition bill and the money's not going to be there. Okay, so I have a 2040 fund and a 2038 fund for my two kids. And then I have two retirement accounts. My first retirement account is my Roth IRA, and I've had that account for forever, ever since I first started working, and I've only owned one thing in that account, and that is a 2050 target date fund. So like my two kids 529 target date funds, this fund is largely in stocks because 2050 is quite a few years away still. So if the economy does go through the pooper, there's plenty of time for recovery and also big growth from those downturns. As 2050 approaches, just like the other target date funds that I own, this fund will automatically become more bonds and less stock so that, yes, the growth of that investment portfolio will get smaller as I own more bonds and less stock but I'm also less likely to see the big ups and downs that the economy can have. Right now, I can afford to have the big ups and downs because I've got many, many decades until retirement. But again, once 2040 hits, 2045, et cetera, that account's going to get far more conservative. The last investing account is a SEP, which is a self-employed pension plan. And in this account, I decided to not buy a target date fund, and mostly for two reasons. One, I genuinely enjoy looking at index funds and building portfolios and managing it. It's actually fun for me. I know most people wouldn't call that fun, but for me it is, so I don't mind managing my portfolio. And the other reason why I did it is because I figured I had my Roth money 100% in a 2050 fund. And so maybe I could expose myself to other kinds of investments by building my own portfolio. I'm actually not quite so sure that is true because I own very standard index funds and I am quite confident that most of those companies are also in a 2050 fund, but that's neither here nor there. I'm in it and I'm in it to win it. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm going to go through what I actually own in my SEP portfolio. I just want to be clear that I'm not telling you that you need to buy these funds. This is not investment advice. I'm just telling you what I have and a little bit how I feel about it. So I do all my investing with Vanguard, and I also tend to buy Vanguard index funds. You do not need to buy the index funds owned by whatever investment firm you go with. I have owned Schwab index funds, for example, through my Vanguard account and vice versa. I just like Vanguard, they're cheap, easy funds. And I like the mission of Vanguard, which is making index fund.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: The way I built my portfolio for my SEP is I based it on the David Swinson model. David Swinson is a famous or was a famous investor, and he managed Yale's Endowment Fund and did quite well, which is what I think his claim to fame was. I'll actually put his investment portfolio pie, so to speak, on the show notes so you can check that out. So basically, a portion of investments go to Domestic stock, a portion go to international stock. He really likes to invest in real estate within the stock market. I'll tell you how to do that in a second. Bonds, et cetera. And he has his own proportions that he liked, that he invested, I assume his money, Yale's money, probably some other entities' money, et cetera. So, based on that loosely based model, I own some bonds. And the way I own bonds is through the Vanguard Total Bond Market, which is an index fund that buys a bunch of different bonds. I also have the Vanguard 500, which is an index fund that tracks the S&P 500. I also have a Vanguard real estate index, which is an index fund for tracking real estate. I also own Vanguard mid-cap index, which is like the S&P 500, except that it's mid-cap sized companies. I also own a Vanguard large cap index. And honestly, I'm not really sure why I bought that. I bought that years ago. It doesn't really make sense for me to own that because I already own the Vanguard 500, which is the 500 largest U.S. companies. But, you know, I bought this a while ago, so not my best move, but it's not really the end of the world. It's just probably very similar to the Vanguard 500. I also own the Vanguard Small Cap Index Fund, which is an index fund for small companies on the stock market. And then I also own the Vanguard Total International Stock Index. So that is going to be Vanguard's index fund of international stocks following international markets. And this is mostly developed markets. Developed markets include parts of East Asia, Canada, Europe, Australia, places like that. And then I own some ETFs. For the average investor, ETFs are essentially the same thing as an index fund. They buy a big basket of stocks. So you only have to buy one and you can be very diversified. The biggest difference between index funds and ETFs is how they're priced. And for the average investor who is just buying something and holding on to it, it doesn't really matter that much. So I have three ETFs and the three ETFs I own is I own a real estate index ETF. I also own the Vanguard ESG International Stock ETF. I bought this one for a few reasons. I am curious about ESG index funds. ESG stands for environmental social governance. And this is basically an index fund where for companies to be included in these ESG funds, they need to meet a standard of good environmental practices, good social practices, and good governance practices. I'll probably do another episode about that because I could go on quite a bit for for that. Um, But most of the time, ESG funds are actually quite expensive and also oil companies can be in ESG funds and that doesn't feel very environmental to me. So I have some mixed opinions and mixed emotions about ESG funds, but I did want to try it because I'm in this industry. I like buying different things and I feel comfortable in my knowledge and ability to do so. So I bought this one that was far less expensive than most ESG funds because why not? I don't have a lot of money in there. I just wanted to try it out. And then I also own the Vanguard Emerging Markets ETF. And I bought that one because my total international stock index was mostly Developed markets, I wanted to be a little bit more exposed to emerging markets. Emerging markets are going to be places like India, China, Brazil, South Africa. Generally speaking, emerging market index funds are going to be considered way more risky, which is definitely true, but generally with more risk comes more reward. So I do think there is a lot of room for growth. And so that's why I own that. So that's it. That is what I invest in. And look, I've built this portfolio. I've done research. I don't really follow stock or investing news. I've just mainly made these decisions based on how to build a balanced portfolio. I do not think you need to do this in order to set yourself up well for retirement. I think for the overwhelming majority of people, buying target date funds is more than enough. And there's a couple other options that you can do. And I'm going to be teaching you how to do all of this in the investing workshop that I'm teaching. And this is going to be tomorrow for when this episode is released. So if you have not signed up and you want me to teach you how to open up an investment account, the right investment account for you and to buy investments, then you need to sign up like right now because again, this class is happening tomorrow. The class is called Everything You Need to Know About Investing and it truly is. The good news is that you do not need to know All the things. There's a lot of convoluted, deeply jargon investing kind of stuff you can get into. Again, the average, average, average person, you do not need that kind of stuff. You do not need that knowledge to do quite well with your retirement savings and nest egg building overall. So, to sign up, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash investing. And again, do that right away because class is tomorrow. And I put that link in the show notes. So you can just tap that link wherever you're listening to this episode. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Either way, I will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Run Your Money show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new. If you've got a question you want to submit for a future Friday episode, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash ask the Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode. On Tuesdays, I deep dive into a money topic and on Fridays, I answer your questions. I appreciate your support so much and the best ways you can do that is to subscribe, leave a rating or review and share an episode with a friend. Thank you.